Yoshan. Yeah. I just found out about the Krispy Kreme Donut Factory. Yeah, I was a little surprised when we went there that you looked like a five-year-old at a zoo. I didn't even know that it existed. I thought that Krispy Kreme donuts only showed up in stores. But now I have a box of 12 assorted that I've slowly been eating. You got to go to the donut making factory where you got to watch baby donuts get born? Yes, excreted out of tubes and then dipped in scolding hot oil baths. Sounds like a Roman uh, bathhouse almost. Except it's light, fluffy pastries coated in sugar. And it's just so, so delicious. Kind of like our show. Have you you had a few from the box yet? Yeah, I had the strawberry one, which was pretty good. And then I had another one, which was pretty good as well. Uh huh. Um, but you know what's going to be really, really good? What? This whole episode. Hey, whether it's your favorite tabletop adventure, movie, or video game, we've got you covered. Welcome to the Scene on Screen podcast with your hosts, Sean and David. I'm going to have to start including this music into my workouts for uh, the seven Krispy Kreme donuts I have had since we purchased them yesterday. David, how the hell are you? Great. It's been uh, it's been a while. I know it's been uh, a glorious, what, 15 hours since yeah. I've seen you. Not yeah. even. We we had another slightly impromptu game adventure. It was it was also just a good hangout day. We yeah. we both needed it. We need we were a little. uh taxed and stressed and it was a good way to to kind of go do something fun and different and yeah. uh what's it called hang out i don't know what you're getting at just did a bad thing oh i regret the thing i did yeah you did and you're wondering what it is tell you what i We're yeah. getting into this real fast, huh? Yeah, <laughs> fast and furious. Yesterday, we uh, we checked out some new stores that we can't wait to tell you guys about. Um, but we're going to tell you a little bit about our our weird adventure. Um, we started off at a... We went to a bankruptcy sale for Toys, 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 and we were way late to the party. I mean, there was like five stores when these postings started about three, four weeks ago, and... When we first walked in there, I made a joke to David, and I'm still laughing at it. I was just like, oh, I didn't know we were in a Niagara Falls gift shop. Oh, man. Because there yeah. was just maple candy, maple cookies, and Canada hats everywhere. And, like, keychains that said Canada on it, mugs. Yeah, it was, it was pretty picked over. But we did find some pretty pretty interesting things. Yeah. We got um, – why can't I think of the name of the game? The Pigs game. Toss toss the Pigs or something like that? Yeah. And uh, you got – Millennium Falcon Star Wars catchphrase. Yeah, and it's actually kind of cool. I don't did know how to play with it. Put, I, I put batteries in it and turn it on. And you passed it to yourself numerous times? Yeah, and I could just pretty much read the word and I, I guessed it. No, but it's cool because it's got, it's got a timer on it. And when the timer's up, it makes a Chewbacca sound. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Be a cool little uh, 
starting game night game, you know, get yeah. people into the mood. Uh, the uh, the moose bouche gets your mouth moving. Yeah, it was it was weird because they had seemingly a ton of Star Wars toys, but it was all from what we assumed was just the Force Awakens era. There wasn't a lot kind of beyond that. Yeah, there there were the Hasbro Black Series action figures, which if anyone has seen, you know, the Star Wars collectibles over the years, the Black Series has always been like a premium action figure or display item. But ever since uh, Disney kind of started trying to market Star Wars even more, the Black Series action figures have gone down in quality significantly it's like they just are mass-produced action figures now and um yeah sean wanted me to buy a few but no not gonna happen yeah well i was gonna buy a stormtrooper for my desk like everything was 80 percent off so yeah so it was was like they were like four bucks or something like that if that um probably the best thing that i got out of there though the silly buddy buddy that i've been playing with all morning man this stuff is great you can stretch it. You can make bubbles out of it. It bounces. And if you, I haven't been able, I've been able to do it like once, but if you like pull it really hard, you can like break it in two. Oh, there we go. Just, yeah. <laughs> or you can fill it. Uh, if you get the pocket of air just right, you can make it snap. Yeah. No, it's great. I should have bought two and put them together and had the one giant silly putty. Uh, see, I regret not getting silly putty. Um, we also looked at, <laughs> what was it? There was three Funkos available. It was uh, Quasimodo. Um, one Santa Claus, and then there was like eight of the guy from Police that wasn't Sting. Yeah, it was one of the other guys. He, yeah. part, it's not, it wasn't Sting. It was half of the. He was either end or the the police. <laughs> <laughs> he was either he was the end part or the part of the police. Um, yeah. The I do have like I mean I know I got this Funko for two bucks. I th- I think we got. The, the the pigs game and the Funko for like eight dollars total. Yeah. But I was looking at the Funko this morning because I know I'm gonna take it out of the box because it's a Christmas one. It's uh Tim Allen Santa Claus where he's like in his pajamas wrapped around the like wrapped in lights. But those motherfuckers put the nineteen ninety nine sticker right on the logo of the Santa Claus. And it's like sticky and ripping. Oh. Uh, you know what you gotta do? It's, uh, it's cardboard, a, so I can't really steam it. No, use a hairdryer. It'll melt or make the glue kind of tacky, and it'll come right off. That's what I use all the time when with stickers that won't come off. Mm, very, yeah. very interesting. Yes, it was a, uh, it was a, it was kind of a good but kind of a, like sad experience to see a store like that just die. Mm-hmm. But looking at the stuff that they had in there, though. It, you could tell that there's a lot of junk. Yeah. All the good stuff was gone. Actually, we found the best thing at just after we left that store. In 20 that bucks mall? on the ground. Yeah. 20 bucks. Oh, on the 20 ground. bucks on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> it was worth the drive to Scarborough. Yeah. We actually made, we, we left that store with more money than we spent in there. Profits, baby profits. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, it was a pretty good day though. We, um, we hit up a few other kind of retro game stores. I was trying to find some of the Animal Crossing Amiibos because I did not get them last time I was there. And we uh, 
we went back to retro game bros i love that store it's great uh and their inventory inventory changes so yeah it changed completely it felt like it was a completely different store um so they didn't have any of the amiibos that i was hoping for which kind of sucks because i had to pay a little more little bit more for the ones that I wanted and I still can't find the mystery SETI one, but we did go to a few other stores. I found some, the Amiibos. Yeah. As you guys did see, as we posted on our Instagram, I found one of the games I was looking for. Yes. And one of the Holy Grails of the Simpsons games too. Yeah. And like probably one of the best uh, Simpsons games made. uh, The, the open world Simpsons game was really good. The one that was for 360 and PS2. Um, I wonder if that one's actually backwards compatible on the Xbox store. Oh, I wonder. I'd drop a few coins on that. Yeah. Drop a few Doleros to go run through the chocolate land as Homer Simpson. Um, even the guy at the store, like I had the choice between the, the one, the regular one for like $69 and it came with a game manual or a display case model, which I could just reprint myself for like That's 54. True. And when he opened it, like the manual was all like crinkled and it looked like it got wet. So I was like for $15 less, I didn't really care. Gameplay. That's all I really cared about. But that was a nostalgic factor to me and retro game bros. You are still very high on our list. I don't know how often we're going to go see you, but just know we really like your stuff. And like, yeah. as David said, like the inventory was rolled. They had maybe two sixty fours in stock. Like, I don't know what happened where it was super popular this week. Yeah. Maybe people got that Serb money. Yeah. I mean that they had a mint and I mean, mint SNES. Like I don't think I remember seeing one that clean mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. And that's my memories of having one my entire life. So, yeah, we went to, um, a few other games here and there didn't find too much, but then we ended up last shop was J and J's cards and collectibles. Probably my new favorite board game store. Do you want to quickly, before we do our massive haul there, talk about the two other places we stopped? Cause Man. we had, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, you don't. no, it's the... okay. So where did we go? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we, adventured through mississauga to try and find this new the newest location of game horde we've never been to a game oh horde. yeah that's true but it was in such a weird location too yeah it was like down this random hall which there was drama in that plaza oh yeah we'll uh, get to that but if you guys are in the mississauga brampton area and you are looking for a game store that has immaculate and i mean immaculate merchandise Check out Game Horde. That was at, uh, I want to say it was on Burmathorpe. I can't remember the exact yeah, location. Yeah, I believe so. But my goodness, they had individually wrapped NES games. Yeah, like they, games. they took the time to package everything in a way that if you were to buy it and take it home, you wouldn't have to worry about it becoming getting damaged in transportation. Unless, well, of I mean, course, you know, you take like, sheet. but still like that, that's going to, if you were to drop it by, you know, and it landed on the sidewalk, it's not going to damage necessarily the, the cartridge that uh, plastic cover will kind of take any scratches and stuff like that. Right. That And then that's kind of like the, the way I see it. 
but everything was clean. Everything was displayed in a way that you could search through things. And they didn't have what I wanted, Animal Crossing Amiibos. But um, yeah, everything was really nice there. And they had things priced like things were clean. Some things were a little high. Some things were a little low. They're very they're very comparable to a lot of the other game stores mm-hmm. we've gone to. My only gripe, I think, is the shelving was too high on the perimeter walls. So you really couldn't get a good look at some of the games that were on the top because of the angles they sit on. True. And you're like, I can't really reach that high, so fuck it. But other one, than that, re- really clean. The one thing that we, we went in there, and I would say probably for the first like 10 minutes, we kind of perused but wasn't really paying attention to what we were looking for because there was a conversation going on that was super super exciting yeah yeah so Um, one of the guys there was i guess on the phone with the owner who works at another store and they were talking about how someone had come in saying that they have a copy of little samson is it yeah and they had um uh earthbound and both Earthbound, in both in box, complete. And little Samson, you know, goes for well over like five grand. Depending and, on condition and yeah. everything, yeah. And so this guy was trying to convince his, the owner, you know, to buy this game or like what the, how the process was going to go because, you know, they don't have five grand in the store to give a guy cash for that, right? Well, they wanted to offer him, from what I understood, and like even the guy, the guy sitting there was like talking to us about it because it was just we were the only two people in there, so you could clearly know what was going on. But they were trying to offer him like fifteen hundred dollars cash, and the guy was willing to accept that they weren't he wasn't going to get its full value because they knew they were going to resell it. Yeah, but this guy wouldn't even like from what I could hear, and this is the one thing that kind of concerned me about this kind of place was he wasn't willing to make a $1,500 investment to make three grand yeah. or four grand. Sounds like a typical, I don't know, money-hungry, cheap well, I mean, cheap business yeah. owner. There we you go. You got to spend money to make money, man. Right? And something like that, you know, they, they might sit on that for a few months, but someone's going to come in and need that game in their collection, and money's not going to be an option, right? I I wonder what the average shelf life of a little Samson is right now. Right. I think if I had a time machine, I wouldn't go back and like kill Hitler or whatever. I'd just go go buy it and buy copies of all of these NES games, keep them and Super Nintendo games, keep them in the box with like the wrap on in a airtight sealed container, put them in like some sort of like storage unit that is insured for, Millions of dollars. And then I can retire retire on that in 2020. I don't know if you'd retire on it unless you had like two copies of Stadium Series out of the 52. Oh, no, I would buy like two copies of everything. Or Stadium Events. Yeah. But take that in. Like at the time, that game was like $30, $40. Yeah. Jesus. Crazy. And here here people are thinking that the Super Mario 3D All-Stars release on Nintendo switch is going to fetch them, you know, hundreds and hundreds of dollars because it's so rare. Maybe I told you that in confidence. No, I didn't actually say that. <laughs> yeah. But I did. I did allude to the fact that a physical copy is going to be worth more in a few years based on the fact that it, it will be a limited run, but we'll get into Nintendo in a little bit. 
Um, Game Horde, I give a solid, I want to say three and a half out of five. I, I can't really quite give it the four. We didn't really go through with any sort of purchasing. And while they had a lot of stock, we were also told that that wasn't their main location. Mm-hmm. The one for the best stock was in Brampton. We'll have to go check that one out at some point in time. Yeah. But the best thing that happened in that area was at the Dollarama. <laughs> Where we got brownies and energy drinks. For oh, life. shit. You know what I did? I totally threw what? those cans out. They have the $1 coupon on them. God damn it. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we got those, because they have the coupons on them. For $1 in oh, Xbox money. $1 Xbox credit. Yeah. Hey, so we you know, when you buy five of those, that's five bucks. That's probably a DLC download or something. Yeah. So we arrive at the store and uh, we think that this woman is being discriminated against because she's like holding the door to the dollar store. And like, we're like, oh my God, is, are they not letting this woman in? What is going on? Me, it I'm turns like, out. Can you move? I want to get into the store. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm literally passing out in the car. I'm so tired. Um, we're like, yeah, we need energy drinks. I, I'm, I'm going to crash. Um, so we we're in like this, this muddle of people. And it turns out some, like we're, we're not going to shame. This is where we're going to leave it. But somebody left a baby inside a car and it caused this whole stir at the dollar store to the point, the dollar store wasn't being productive as a place of business. Because all the employees were trying to call 911 with one phone. It was a very weird scenario. We're not going to go any deeper just because it is a sensitive subject to some people. We're not going to shame the person who left the baby. We're just like, use your fucking head. That's it. But it was funny seeing like the customers, like just people were standing out there just yelling at her. And you could tell that the lady was just like, didn't see anything wrong with it. Yeah, but then we moved over to another mall ish. It was a weird mall. It was like one of those, yeah. like, those, like, like you know, the mall's malls. dying. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it ha- the mall's dying, but it has new stores. So we walk into this, like, collectible cards and game stores, and their game selection was literally a small bookshelf at the front of the store that has been sun soaked so badly. No, they're selling like these games for regular price, but the color on the boxes are very mm. much not the correct color. Yeah. Which is unfortunate because like some of those games, if they if they had to put a discount on them, I would have bought them even with the sun soaked box. But everything was full price. Yeah. And they, they didn't had a, seem they very knowledgeable about some of their products. Like they had some stuff that was really cool in there. I'll give them that. Like I was looking at some of the Blue Jays bobbleheads because I've been looking to finish the collection from two different teams. But the one thing I found funny is David found another Qui-Gon Jin bank. And yeah. the guy without a box in pretty rough condition was offering it to David for $20. And we just laughed because he bought one for 10 Something like that, yeah. Yeah, it was just, it was in terrible condition. It was like, you know, like the yellow that a white wall turns in a house house that someone had smoked in for like 20 years. That's the yellow that the Qui-Gon Jinn was. You just call it Super Nintendo yellow. Super Nintendo yeah. yellow. Ooh. Um, but then, uh, but it, it was kind of funny to see. 
Yeah, it, and, and it was funny because to... no one had any idea what what it was, like what to look for. They were searching. Only it one guy knew it was Qui Gon Jinn. Yeah, it was. Uh, and they didn't even know how to spell yeah. it. It was like, is, is that spelled with a Q- P? Who I? <laughs> yeah, so that mall was interesting. You know, we we went to the we got games there. It wasn't too bad. Not they nearly as a, good as its parent store, back- though. Yeah, they had a backwards compatible. Um, PlayStation Three, like the launch model, and they had a price pretty pretty good. It was uh, two forty nine, which uh, I don't know if it's been it, it. I looked on the side, and it still had the um, uh, what's it called, the warranty sticker on it. So you know that it hasn't been opened up. So it's probably pretty dusty. It probably doesn't have um much life left unless you plan on getting it and opening it up and doing some reflowing yourself. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, it was all right there. I found some amiibos there. I found that store to be quite underwhelming compared to the mm-hmm. first we got games. Yeah. But it's also a, a quarter of the size. Yeah. Like right? the first we got games, like kicked you in the teeth when you walked in, there was so much stuff there. That's true. Like, I don't know. There, it, it was a little off for me, but uh, that was pretty much our adventure. It was great. We'll talk to you well, later. See we you went later, to uh, we went to Microplay in Kitchener. Yeah, that was that was the last place we went. But before that, we went to J and J's. But we'll talk about that in a second. Um, we went to Microplay in Kitchener. This was the first time I'd been there in years, and it. The moment I walked in, I was like, "Oh man, I remember this." With like their weird cage thing that they have over their their checkout counter and all that stuff, but the Guelph one, one has that too. Okay, maybe it's a microplay thing then. Yeah. Um, but one thing I noticed that I pointed out to you, they were doing this thing where they would bundle three used games for like a set price, and it was always like one decent game and then two kind of either cheaper games, but. Overall, you're still getting a pretty good deal. So, like, they had Jedi uh, Fallen Order and then two other games for 40 bucks. But they sell Jedi Fallen Order for 40 bucks by itself anyways. So, it was, like, kind of cool to see that. If there was anything that I didn't have, I probably would have picked, some, like, one of those bundle things up just because there were some pretty good games in there. And you could have flipped the other two games, right? Yeah. And I did notice that they have a very, very large... Nintendo Switch, Nintendo Switch selection, probably the um, biggest I've seen in a while of new games. But I noticed that a lot they had a lot of imports as well. Uh, so a lot of games from Europe and Japan, which the Nintendo Switch is region free for the game cartridges. So there's no harm in buying a a, a Japanese game or a European one. And playing it here, um, but there were some games that I didn't even—I've never seen before, which is pretty cool. And they were from Europe, so I, I know that they're cu- coming out here eventually. Like the Brain Age, um, you remember that for DS, Doctor yeah. Kawasaki's or whatever Brain Age training. So they have that for the Nintendo Switch. I remember that was announced, but I've never seen it in a store here. And they had a copy there, um, and some other stuff. But the, the store was very tidy and. You were looking for Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and they didn't have it. 
And I, I said to you in the car, remember, I was like, you know why? Because the game is so, or the, the store was so organized that it was very easy to find what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Right? So, and that's one thing I really liked about, actually, most of these stores, except for maybe We Got Games, uh, but Game Horde was like that. Uh, the Microplaying Kitchener was like that, where all the games were nicely organized in a way that, okay, they might not necessarily be, you know, library organized, like AA, AB, AC kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know that all of the A's are in one section. And that's what it should be, right? Like, I'm not going to go in there and be like, okay, well, um, Assassin's Creed, that's the first letter is A. The next letter is uh, S. That comes out, right? Like, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to look for the A's. That's and, and that's how they had it set up. It was really, uh, really cool. And you know what I noticed as well? It's a small store, but everyone was, like, being very aware of the distance between people. You yeah, know, like, like one person were- walked in and then walked out. They were like, nope. We uh, but we were kind of standing looking at some stuff, and people were waiting for us to kind of move along. And nobody was like trying to maybe we were because we were like going back and forth, like being like, Oh my god, oh my god, I need this, I need to look at this, I need to touch this, right? Um, you know, like a kid in a candy shop or a kid in a video game store. Um, but people were very conscious of where they are in the space that they're in and all that stuff, but. No, it was, it was pretty good. But before that, we went to J&J's. J&J's. I've never heard of it. Tell oh, me man. about this place. This is going to be... Honestly, I think this is going to be our number one stop every time I come down there. And I cannot wait for Angela to come with me because then she's going to see the magic of this store. And I guarantee she's going to walk out buying something. It's not hard to buy something there. That's no. for sure. Every time we've gone, we've bought something. So my birthday was uh, last month. And one of the things that Angela got me was permission to purchase a board game. But she would pay for it. So she put a limit on it, um, $80 plus tax, which, you know what? 80 bucks for a board game? Some people might say, oh, that's that's a lot. It's not that much. But it does open up a wide variety of games when, you know, I picked up, actually it was funny because I I got Scythe game that I wanted for quite some time made by Stonemeyer Stonemeyer games. Um, It's very popular. It's kind of like takes place in like a alternate history in the, I don't know, 1800s or something that night, early 1900s in like Russia, but it has mechs and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. But uh, so that was $82.99. So I sent her a message. I'm like, can I get a game that's $82? <laughs> and she's like, yes. 97 she's like, I, sa- I feel like yes. a mother, she you know, yes. giving her per- permission to uh, to buy a game. So and then uh, we got some other stuff, too. I sold. Yeah. I, I actually convinced the girl to not buy Betrayal at House on the Hill and get Betrayal Legacy instead because it's a superior game. Yeah, she she like bought into what you were saying completely. But it's true. I think Betrayal Legacy is the superior betrayal at House on Haunted Hill game because, and hear me out, it's the same game, but the first 13 games that you play, or 13 or so, you are creating your own board. 
you're creating your own custom game cards and all that as you play the story. And then when you're done, you can play the typical, the classic scrimmage style game with a completely customized game to the history that you've put into it, which is a lot of fun. So yeah, they bought that. But then we also bought something based off of just listening to a conversation. Yeah. And then, yeah, it started off as just like an innocent listen to a conversation. And then it moved into the guy at the store, Mark, famous Mark, talking about how it's one of his favorite games. It's best to be played with two to four people. Three to five are premium. Um, But it was very much like sold me on the idea of building a a galaxy truck. We bought galaxy truckers. We both bought it. Yeah, Galaxy Trucker. And the price was right, though. It was 30 bucks, um, which is pretty good for, for a game like this. Um, Did you realize how old it was after yeah. you looked at it? Like, it was yeah, like yeah. 2008. Yeah. Um, it's been around for a while, but it is consistently positively reviewed. Um, let's see. What's it sell for on Amazon? Because even the girls were like... that. Uh, that I believe it was also they, like 40 bucks. Yeah, 40, 45 bucks on Amazon. It was 30 at uh, Jane Jay's. Has an average rating of 7.4 out of 10 on on uh, Board Game Geek. Yeah, like it's um it's it's one of these games that throughout my experience of reading about and playing board games, I'm always hearing about Galaxy Trucker. And Never really thought about yeah, yeah. it, but it's always one of those things that kind of has come up in conversation in some form or another. And yeah, for 30 bucks, I figure why not, right? Like if anything, I could probably sell it to someone used for 30 bucks, right? Wow. Um, Ever the seller, like, are we? Yeah. No, I probably will never sell it. My game collection just going to keep growing and growing. I got to take out an insurance policy on it. I like the I like the box art on it too. Um, I also picked up Trial by Trolley, the Cyanide and Happiness game. Oh yeah, you did get that. I'm very. I got it on sale too. Regular price thirty bucks down to twenty three. Yeah. The the thing I like about the Cyanide and Happiness games, minus the fact that you didn't get a good deal on the one you wanted yesterday, was they're always. Um, they're very popular and they stick to their price point. You could easily sell mm-hmm. some of these games for 50 bucks and people would pay for them because it's such a known brand. Mm-hmm. And but they're like, we took out some, they're, they're yeah. genuinely funny. I, I'm very excited. Uh, we're going to a, a dinner tonight and I'm very, I'm genuinely excited to play with people. And especially because the way the game works where you have to like, one person plays the good person, then the next person plays the good person, and then you play a bad person. And you're just like, oh shit! Did you read the the instructions or the rules? Yeah, yeah briefly. I, I, I watched a video on it too. I would give it a, a a read through before as well before you explain to people because it's not a hard game to learn, but it can be somewhat difficult to understand the differences between stuff. But it is fun. So when I was explaining it to people, they kept kind of being confused at who was playing cards and, and all that stuff. But I would just say, read through the instructions And the instructions are like on a pamphlet. So it's not, not too bad. Just read through it a few times and explain it to them over and over again. 
Yeah, my understanding was you divide the teams into two, and then the first person plays a good person card, and then the second person plays another good person card, and then the opposite team plays an evil card onto each other's yes. decks, and then you have your extra players that do modifiers. You have like the modifier, and you could be like, "Well, this but, person was a descendant of Hitler and stuff." Yeah. Like that. So the the thing is though is each person has their own cards and they decide which one they want to play of that. So even though they're working together as a team, people can kind of like, they can discuss amongst each other, you know, which card to play, but ultimately it's whoever has those three cards, they play the one that they want. But then at the end, everyone has to kind of argue along the same, the same side, which is kind of fun, but no, it's a fun game. You got a really good price on that. Yeah, I, probably, I, was, I was really stoked. Yeah. Probably the best thing that came out of um, J&J's, though, is I finally got the Stormtrooper Lego helmet. That you've wanted forever. I've wanted it for a while. And I think the next one, the, the other one that I would want would be the um, the TIE Fighter pilot helmet. Um, But they didn't have that there. But yeah, I got that. I'll probably put that together in the next few days. But yeah, Exciting overall, it was, a, it was a pretty good. Didn't you buy a third game? Yeah, I got this game called um, Metal Adventures or something like that. It's like a space pirate game. Oh, and, is that the uh, one from the discount area? Yeah, it was 15 bucks. Regular, like, 47 It It has all right, decent reviews. Apparently, it's like a, it's a game that is... It's a bluffing game and you got to make deals with people and then it involves like backstabbing people and stuff like that. But I realized when I got home that it's a three to six player game or something like that. Yeah. So that might be a game that we'd have to play together one next time we get everyone together. Whenever that's going to be. Do you remember um, quickly, we were looking for Secret Hitler. Yes. And what was the game that he compared it to? Uh, something to Cuba. Yeah. It was like secret Hitler is not, it, it's all right. But then there's this game, some Cuba game. Oh, Salem was a big one. Yeah. And New Salem. Salem was like the, yeah, it was the, the big, big one he said, but it was like, uh, something to Cuba. You're, you're totally right. I just forget what it was called. Secrets of Cuba. Maybe secrets Mafia. of Mafia to Cuba. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. Mafia de, de Cuba. It's like Secret Hitler, um, where you know people are either like henchmen or what is it? What do they do? Honest mafia driver. I don't know. It's like Secret Hitler, where one person or a few people are mobsters, other people are CIA agents or the police, mm-hmm. and um, you have to collect stuff. Apparently, it's he, what was he saying? He's like, it's good for people who can't really. It doesn't rely on people being good at lying or bluffing. Yeah, because you like there's modifiers in the game that can kind of sway it one way or the other. Yeah, because like you work as a team, so as a team you want to win, but then individually you can win as well. You also want to win, yeah. Yeah. No, and, I was more interested in Salem, to be honest with you. It just sounded a little bit more interesting. Yeah. New Salem, I think it's called. Yeah, but New that was Salem. also much more expensive. Yes, but it wasn't uh, it, $25 it wasn't difference. It was, no, it was like 35 bucks. Oh, I think, see, Mafia to Cuba was like 20 bucks or something. It was 25 bucks for Mafia to Cuba, and the New Salem was um, 
35 or something like that. It was another, like, oh, that's not bucks, nearly as bad, which wasn't too bad. Like, New Salem is more about like burning witches and stuff like that. So that, that seems like pretty cool. And actually I'm looking at the, uh, the box contents right now. It looks pretty fun. It looks like there's some good quality components in here, but how many people do you need for that one? That was a three to eight player one. I think mafia to Cuba was, um, that's the thing is like some of these games require a lot of like, these are party games. Yeah. Mafia to Cuba requires at least six people. So it was New Salem would be section. That's true. But yeah, overall, you know, J and J's, um, a success. You, you know, got I think some fans in us. Every time we go there, we're, we're probably going to walk out with something. You know, we were looking at the, the Atari, um, Missile, Missile, Commander. Missile Command board game, and they had Joust as well, yeah. and they were both on clearance. So I don't know why, but no, I, I was kind of like toying about those because they, they they're kind of cool, but I think they all required at least three people. That's yeah, the only thing. Was, uh, what other games were we looking at that we were possibly going to buy? We looked at potentially. Well, we looked into Wingspan. Yeah, that's... and there was another game we asked for, and the guy just laughed at us. Oh, like, oh you guys are being serious. I've been looking for a copy of The King's Dilemma, which is a legacy style kind of voting game that takes place in, I don't know, a time when they're being a king. Um, but yeah, I have a, a small group of friends that I play board games with, and we were talking about doing that one because I think that would be a really interesting one, but it's super hard to find right now. I guess he said that they had like six copies in a few months ago and they sold like almost instantly. And Everdell, they haven't had copies since friggin' eternity. Yeah. Um, that, that was our adventure. Yeah. And uh, it, it took multiple hours. Do you know what took one hour and was kind of a huge waste of my time? The Ubisoft forward that happened yesterday. David. Why Why can't they just do one presentation for two hours to get it over with? Just rip the Band-Aid off. Because they need to keep hype up for for their games and stuff like that. Well, let's talk about what they showed. All right. So, excuse me. First and foremost, they showed Immortals Phoenix Rising. Um, very, very pre-rendered. You had to watch the end of the presentation to watch some actual gameplay. Um. Mm-hmm. I will say the world looked very, very cool, um, but had a very Zelda-y type feel to me. It looked kind of like Breath of the Wild, maybe not as um, finished with like that that kind of like dust. Um, but I thought throughout the entire presentation, it was very clever of them to continually use Greek mythology and use names like Hades and Zeus because they were like like they're trying to gap that bridge, kind of like what God of War did using like real life or like real mythological um mythological thank you uh creatures from or uh, people and beings from greece and they're bringing it into the overtones of the game i think ubisoft has actually nailed the story of what this could be on the head and i think they they've created a game that could be very entertaining for a lot of people they Mm -hmm. had the creative director on as well and they mentioned that they tried to make it kind of comedic or like, they're like, Oh, I don't like the way this is going. Send another monster down to this person. And it just kind of shows up. Mm-hmm. 
all in all, I think it looks pretty cool. I don't know how well it'll do in the realm of other games like it, but it's definitely different. Well, it isn't. It isn't at the same time, though, right? Like, I feel like they've taken Assassin's Creed Odyssey and merged it with Breath of the Wild. Um, because the open world aspect of it, even some of the gameplay, looks very similar to Breath of the Wild. Um, you know, with the puzzles and stuff like that, it's cool that you you know you have to complete puzzles to unlock more stuff. But they took that Greek mythology aspect from Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I feel like, and then, like I said, merged it with Breath of the Wild. I don't think that it won't be fun, um, but I don't know how well it will do in the long run. This one for me is going to be one where I'm, I'm – cautiously optimistic about the reviews because again it's not a game that i would like go out of my way and play hell i still haven't played breath of the wild like i've always been kind of very patient with the zelda games i'll just play them when they're available to me yeah but when i look at a game like this and it's just like oh you're just fighting creatures over and over and over again and it has that kind of like same fighting style that you see in a god of war a monster hunter uh Breath of the Wild. You just kind of look at it and you're like, cool. So Ubisoft is putting their hand in the ring. And uh, you'll see with another game they talk about in a little bit, they're doing it again. Ubisoft, while they do make some quality titles, I think they are taking a big swing here. And they're aiming to try and get some people who might, like, you might be able to get younger players on this one because it doesn't look as gory. Like, mm-hmm. instead of blood, it's just, like, light flashes. Yeah. It, it's going to be interesting to me. I'm a, I'm a cautiously optimistic bargain binner on this one. And and with most Ubisoft games, it will eventually reach bargain bin. Yeah, even when they don't, they do. That's true. Uh, I probably will just wait for this to go bargain bin. Fair enough. Next on the list, I saw this game available at least 10 times yesterday for the Nintendo GameCube, um, which would tell you how received it was when you find this game used more than almost any other GameCube game available. Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time, the remake. I think it's really cool that they're using the same voice actors. They're doing a lot of the CG with the same kind of actors. I think it's going to look really cool, but this isn't something that I'm going to rush out to get, especially if they're going to charge $59 for a remake of a game that I can get for $4.99. But with that being said, though, Sands of Time was probably one of the best GameCube and PlayStation 2 games. Absolutely. I think it was great. It had, I think it was, it it was mass produced. Cool, it had such a cool mechanic of reversing time. So right? did Max Payne. No, Max Payne just had slow mo time. Slow motion, yeah, you're right. Yeah, and and I don't, I don't know how they, the, just the tech, the, uh, the technology that they put into those games to essentially record everything that you do and every action in the game for a set amount of time, right? Like people don't realize that the system, like it's not just 
playing the game and, you know, no being able to go back. Like everything that you do in that game, you can reverse back like 10, 15 seconds. So the technological advancements just in that aspect was pretty phenomenal. I don't know. It's, it's one of those things I'm conflicted for this game because I really enjoyed the sands of time for the GameCube. Um, I played the hell out of it, but at the same time, depending on the price of this, which is probably going to be 40 bucks, I will probably wait until it goes to, you know, $10 to buy it. Yeah. It's, um, I just, I was kind of hoping for like a new story because everybody was like talking about how they thought the Prince of Persia IP was being redone and something new was going to happen. And then you're like, Sands of Time remake. Cool. I, I guess that's where we'll end it for today on that. Um, next up, they showed off more of their hyperscape and they tried to make it seem like the coolest game in the world. But I just can't get sold in. Like, I think. Is it the coolest game in the world? I no, definitely not. Um, when it comes to battle royales, I think it's too late to have another competitor. Look at what happened with the evolution of Battle Royale. It's, you had Fortnite the, and PUBG. Yeah, the market is getting... And then you were like, hey, um, Apex Legends came out. They have that weird 3v3 rocket. I guess that's not really a BR. Nintendo's jumping into the Battle Royale, for God's sakes. They already had the Tetris Battle Royale. And you had call, like Activision come down with Warzone. I was having a conversation with the, uh, with some people this morning in one of my uh, groups. And when it comes to Battle Royales, there's really only two people care about. It's Warzone and Fortnite. And they do two very different things with the same result. They take majority of that, that player base and it's like, well, are you a Warzone player? Are you a Fortnite player? Are you both? Nobody's like... I haven't seen a lot of Apex Legends lately, like when I go mm. on Twitch, but Hyperscape to me does not, like it just, it looks comparable to Overwatch. And Overwatch is a good team-based game. Um, or even, remember when Valerant kind of came and left real quick? Good online game, but it has that kind of Valerian's same gone. animation style. No, it's just not very popular anymore. Did it, they, did it even release out? Did it release out of beta? Yeah, it launched like two months ago. Really? It now yeah. did that fizzle because um, of the the spyware and the backdoored rootkit that it had on there? Uh, I'm not sure. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It's eighth on Twitch right now, uh, and still healthy, just under. Um, just over a hundred thousand viewers right now, so it's actually doing okay. But Valerian's not really a battle royale; it's a five v five. No, it's, shooter, it's right? I, sorry. I, I was comparing. I was like comparing Overwatch, the art style of Valerian, Overwatch, and Hyperscape, which they all look very similar. Oh, okay. just, how many? How many games of this style do we need? How many battle royales do we need? I, for one, and you know this firsthand, I, for one, never thought I would get into a battle royale. 
I did not enjoy Fortnite very much. I would like log into play. I was like, this is kind of dumb. PUBG was really fun for the first little bit. And Warzone I'm addicted to. I'm literally addicted to Warzone. I just want to drop in to Verdansk and play. And I don't think that that's affecting my ability to judge whether or not I think this game is going to be good. I just don't feel it is the strongest. And it doesn't even look that good. Like all they showed was people getting super excited in Twitch streams and a bunch of flashing and exploding. Okay. So what does that tell you? Not much. We don't know a lot. And they, it, was, it was very chaos filled. They were already offering like uh, limited modes. Cool. Great. Good for you. I just, it's not for me. I'm going to pass on this one pretty hard. Can't say it's a bargain bin because it's already free. That's true. I probably will never play it because I always forget about its existence. Yep. You know what game I never forget about its existence? Rainbow Six Siege. Huge announcement. Yeah, they're doing more. Stuff. Actually, uh, they're doing a Siege World Cup in 2021. They released another update as of yesterday with a new season starting. And for all next gen console purchasers which I'll be interested to see how it'll work with the Xbox Series S. They're saying that uh, anybody who purchases the next console and they buy on the same brand, uh, as long as they have the rights to it, um, will have the game available to them at 120 frames per second in 4K. Does that mean us too, because we have it? Yep. You, You own it, but you'd only get it on Microsoft. Well, yeah, it's the only system I bought it for. But that's that's incredible. This game's seven years old or six years old. Yeah, and they're still and- updating it because they care about this like community so so much. Like I after that, I was like, I'll buy another season pass just to support them. But you won't. I don't know. I've been <laughs> contemplating getting back into it. I thought about it, but then I realized that how terrible I will be. And I don't have the time to dedicate to playing it regularly. Maybe like once I finish my board exam and I can actually just not have to study. It's just anymore. relearning the maps. That's hard for me. That's true. But we have our elite controllers now, so maybe it would be better. I was already playing with an elite. I was actually pretty decent at rainbow six. Yeah. We were all pretty good. You you guys ended up playing significantly more than I did um, for a while there, just because I had school in the way. Um, but we were at a point where we were playing competitively and was doing pretty pretty good. Yeah. Win more than you lose. That's all that's important. That's um, true. Next, they showed the 10-year anniversary of Scott Pilgrim versus the World, and they're dropping it on the Switch with two new playable characters, Knives Chew and Wallace. That's fun. I was kind of excited when I like I read that on Twitter while we were in the car yesterday. Mm-hmm. I was like, no way. It was a good side-scrolling game. Very fun. Very, very fun. But Price point's going to be important. Yeah, that's the thing. Is, is the game... It was fun, but it's... I don't know. It was kind of a surprise that they were bringing that one out. And not like a sequel or not like just a, another game in this Scott Pilgrim. We're talking about Scott Pilgrim, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> and this is why you don't have access to the soundboard. Um, I don't know why they just wouldn't like make another game instead of just releasing the same one over again. That's, that seems to be what Ubisoft is doing. Either they have sequels to games that they've made, right? Um, so like Watch Dogs, Assassin's Creed, um, or they have updates for games that have been running for a while, or they have a mishmash of two other games that they have, or they just re-release games that they made years ago. And like, so the mishmashes of what I'm, I'm kind of suggesting is uh, that first one, whatever it's called. What's it called? Uh, Immortals, Immortals, Phoenix Rising. Yeah. Yeah, like that's like the mishmash that they have. I'm surprised that Watchdog Legions is even a thing with how poorly received the first two games were. Um, and then we have them just re-releasing a, um, Prince of Persia kind of out of nowhere, right? Is that like... It's funny when you think about it. There's all these games that people are saying like, you know what? I would love a remaster of this. I would love to play this on modern hardware. You know, the game was great. It just doesn't look good on the hardware or I have no way to play it now. And so there's all of these other games out there. And then Ubisoft's like, you know what? Let's make Prince of Persia Sands of Time again. I think people want that. I mean, it's no different than Nintendo remaking Nintendo games. No, but we it gotta, is. We that in- no, it's not. <laughs> No, it's definitely not. Yeah, I explained this to you in the car yesterday. Yeah. We'll Was I that. paying attention? Yes, you were going, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you should know from having a girlfriend, <laughs> that means I'm paying attention. Uh, All right. Ubisoft, though, What the last thing that they, they showed, though. They showed two more things. Two more things, yeah. Watchdog Legions. Which mm. actually has me hooked now. Yeah, it looks kind of cool. I just want to play old people. Yeah, like I'm gonna. <laughs> you don't want to use this guy with low mobility. I my entire recruitment team is going to be the elderly and children. I just wonder if it'll work, kind of like State of Decay, where if you are trying to complete a mission and you fail that mission, but your stud person dies, do you lose that person? That could be kind of cool. Because State of Decay did that, and mm-hmm. there's going to be no shortage of NPCs in this game because it's randomly generated, right? They said in the after show that everybody's experience of Watchdog Legion should be different. Now, there's here's no the way question, to make it the same. Here's the question, though. Are they having online co-op? And if they are, is it going to be like The Division where um, you can join my game and help me progress my story as well as it will progress yours. If you haven't unlocked those yet, or can I join your game? And if you are significantly farther in the game, can I still access the missions that you have unlocked as well as the ones that I need to unlock? That's the one thing that I would say um, Ubisoft got right with the division. The co-op for that is almost seamless. It can be kind of finicky getting into games and loading and figuring out where people are. But once you're in there, it's just like, okay, let's do this mission. Oh, I haven't unlocked that one yet, but the game will let us play it. 
Yeah. So as long as uh, Legions is like that, I'm I'm intrigued. I'm I'm very intrigued by a few different things when it comes to this um, game. The the experience, like obviously, there's going to be certain NPCs that are going to be available, like purposely put in like in front of you. But they said as you walk through the world, everything will change. It's not like they have it coded, so one thing will definitely lead to the other every single time. True. Which is what's exciting to me. I'm definitely, like, I'm very close to committing to a launch title for that one. Who would have thought? Yeah. Very, very close. Interesting. I probably will just kind of wait a little bit. So, my final... Or I guess it's not my final question. <laughs> it's the final game they showed off. Actually, it looked kind of cool. It was called Riders Republic, and it was all extreme sports. Snowboarding, biking, gliding, motocross. So this cool. looks like the next transition steep. or the, the evolution of steep. Very much so. It looked, but it looked like a Yeah, it looked pretty cool. Um. It's one of those games, though, I think that they are totally relying on an online player base. They made it look a lot of fun having, you know, two dozen plus people going down off a hill all at the same time. Um, But once people stop playing online, you're going to lose that experience. Oh, a thousand percent. But, hey... It it looks interesting. I I don't know if I would buy that at launch. I would kind of wait to see. I'm guaranteed it's going to be buggy as hell. Come on, Steve. Ubisoft doesn't make buggy games. Steve was buggy as hell when it launched. But okay, here's the one thing I do I do really enjoy that in the trailer they showed people on like the wingsuits just smashing into cliffs. And people on the bikes just falling and crashing and stuff like that. It made it a lot more realistic, you know, for what the game would probably be like. Guaranteed people are going to start off and just smash right into a cliff. I know I'm going to. Because I don't know. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, why not? It's like in Flight Sim. Why wouldn't you take off from your local airport, find your house and crash into it? Why not? That's what the game was designed to do. I mean, probably once or twice. Yeah. Right. Um, so we've kind of alluded to it a little bit, but we haven't fully talked about it. And that would be, again, Nintendo doing what Nintendo does best and releasing or re-releasing stuff that they've done previously. Now, we all saw this coming. We talked about this weeks ago on the show. We thought... Well, it was the last time David and I hung out. We were like, oh, my God, is Super Mario Sunshine coming back? And now we know that it is for sure with Super Mario 64 and Super Mario Galaxy in the Mario All-Star or 3D All-Stars combo pack, I guess, compilation pack, right? It's just Mario All-Stars. Right? Like, that's that's what it is. It's like Super Mario All-Stars for the, the... The uh, Super Nintendo. You know that that's just a collection of games because it's the all-star game. 
You know, when you have your all-star team, you know that it's more than just one person. It's a team. And this is the all-star game. You know what? This is a great, and people bitch that, oh, you know, at 70 bucks for these three games, they're not even like remakes. They, they're just slightly up res, blah, 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 blah. You know, Nintendo still had to put the work in to get them to run on the Switch hardware. You know, th- this is three games from three different generations, all working on one system. With, you know, s- updated graphics, they do look better. They had to adjust the controls as well to fit with the Switch controller. And Didn't they said there'd be no working Z button, though? Unless you uh, you can't play Sunshine with the GameCube controller or something. Yes. Now, that's kind of weird that they wouldn't have at least GameCube support. But who knows? They might add GameCube support in a patch. It is a possibility, right? Um, but it's not... I think maybe it's just not that big of a deal. Um, I It'll be interesting to see how they control... Uh, what's it called? Flood? Because you use the R trigger on the GameCube controller to control the spray, right? Yeah. But that is a analog control or an analog button. So you, based off of how far you were pressing the button in, would adjust the spray of flood. Now on the Switch, those are just digital buttons. So it'll be interesting to see what they do for that if they have some sort of... Um, Aiming, if they've, I guess they would just have to adjust the aiming so that you can aim closer using the joystick. So instead of just kind of like up and like, I don't know, aiming up, down, left, and right, you would have to be able to aim in a 3D plane using the joystick and the aiming. But which one are you playing first? You know what? Guaranteed, I am going to play Sunshine first. The same. Um, as much as Super Mario 64 was a great game, I never really played too much into it. I think, you know, it's kind of weird. I was always afraid of that game when I was younger. I could play that first mission. I could always get that first star, and I could walk around the castle and all that stuff. But I was always afraid of falling off into something and dying. It's a weird fear of a Mario game. Yeah. Um, I just felt like I felt like the game was just difficult. Um, well, but I, I can tell you, I felt the same way about Galaxy. I just I didn't play my Wii very much. Like we bought it when we were at school, and we, we bought it for like sports game and golf and drinking. So I never really played. It was that in Smash Brothers. So I never played it, and it just looked so intimidating to me. The thing is with Galaxy, I think Galaxy is probably the m- most accessible one out of all three of the games on there. Uh, Galaxy was a ton of fun. It was, they made some huge changes in just the platforming style because everything is on this like 3D like sphere, right? Um, But yeah, I think the game was just, it was a lot of fun. I think you're in for a treat when you play that. And actually that was the first game that they introduced a new mainline character in a long time which was rosalina oh yeah good old rosalina um they're also doing a uh, super mario 3d world for the 3ds correct no nintendo switch oh it's coming out for the the switch as well yeah they're both coming out for the switch so this is super mario 3d world plus 
Bowser's Fury. And this is what I was saying to you um, in the car. So uh, there's a lot of people that are complaining that Nintendo is just re-releasing games. They did this with Pikmin 3. That's coming out. Um, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. Now with the uh, Mario Collections and Mario 3D World. But the... The argument with this is that, oh, Nintendo just isn't making anything new and they just want our money. Yes, they want your money. But the thing is, is the Wii U had such poor sales globally that there are millions of people that have never played these games. So to them, it doesn't matter that these games came out on the Wii U because they might have never played it before. So for them, it's a new game. People didn't really bitch when uh, Mario Kart 8 came out on the Switch. True. Right? And that was a huge game for uh, the, the Wii U. They could have easily made Mario Kart 9 as a Switch title, but they didn't. They released Mario Kart 8, and nobody nobody com- complained. Everyone bought it. Right? That's like one of the games that almost everyone has for their Switch. Or eventually... I would say we'll- 60% of people bought it because 40% came with the consoles. Right? Right? So why is it okay for Mario Kart to be remade and re-released on the Switch, but any other game that a lot of people missed out on, it's it's not okay, right? Um, I have a Wii U, and I've played Pikmin 3. I own Pikmin 3 digitally on my, my Wii U. I own um, Mario Kart 8, and I bought all the DLC for that. I put hundreds and hundreds of hours into Mario Kart, but I still bought Mario Kart on the Switch. Um, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, I have that on uh, Wii U. I never bought it on the Switch. I'm waiting for that like really good sale for it. But I understand that there's a lot of people that never played Tropical Freeze. And if you notice that every time that they re-release one of these games on the Switch, they add stuff to it, right? Um, Mario Kart 8 didn't really have anything I would say necessarily added, but they included all the DLC from the wii u version right so you have the complete game for this for for one price right donkey kong tropical freeze they added that extra um character i forget his name that i other, didn't play tropical freeze whole other mode it was like one of his brothers on the surfboard oh like like funky or whatever Funky kong yeah they added a whole kind of thing with funky kong on there uh new super mario bros what's it called new super mario bros u deluxe they added some new characters and you have a massive game um pikmin 3 they are they've made a bunch of updates to it they've added a bunch of things to it like uh super mario 3d land they have bowser's fury we don't really know exactly what that is but if it's anything that we can assume it's going to be some sort of alternate game mode with darkness and despair and bowser but well, what i'm saying nabbit um functionality in mario deluxe was pretty good i think nabbit was added to um super mario luigi new new luigi U or whatever it was but that's also in um super mario bros deluxe right so you're having these like two games plus all of these added stuff in one collection um so the thing is people are bitching that Nintendo is just re-releasing games. But like I said, they're re-releasing games that millions of people never got the chance to play. And it is getting harder and harder to find Wii U's out there. 
because now it's more people that are being collectors that they want to keep them. Um, I probably will never get rid of my Wii U. Um, I can't say that I have used it in the last few years because it's at my parents' place, but it's one of those things that's like, there's such a huge library on there that I enjoy. Some of the games are amazing. And, and here's the thing when they eventually, and it's going to happen sooner or later, they're going to release, um, either wind waker or twilight princess on the switch. Maybe in a collection, Nintendo, are you listening? Um, but guaranteed people aren't going to bitch about that because those games are amazing and people love them. Right? Like, people didn't bitch when Wind Waker and uh, Twilight Princess was re-released on the Wii U for their HD remasters, right? Because they made such huge improvements to it. Now, like, the the changes from, say, what they were on the Wii U to what they could be on the switch won't necessarily be a whole lot but again it's going to open up to an entire new generation of people that have never played those games now granted you know wind waker and twilight princess were on the gamecube and the wii well like twilight princess was on the wii but you know those were our previous generations and those systems sold you know trillions if not gazillions right but still there's a ton of people that are young that the switch is their first system that they're going to be able to get to play these games. I don't know. I don't see the big, the big problem with Nintendo re-releasing some of their classic games or their, their first party library because these are staples to Nintendo's game library. And one thing with Nintendo games, and you have to agree with this, is that there is always a minimum quality and they are always top notch. Unless you're talking about Metroid. Well, what the hell? What's with, what's with Metroid? Oh, what do you mean? Even with the minimum quality, they decided to scrap Metroid 4 completely and restart. No, no, they didn't, they didn't, well, they didn't really scrap it, but I think they were just saying that the the direction that they had it wasn't kind of what they wanted eventually, so they were redoing it. But hold on, this is good though, right? Because people, N- Nintendo delayed Animal Crossing. Nintendo isn't afraid to delay games, and they're not afraid to admit that something is not up to their standard. Can you imagine if Nintendo were to release um, uh, Metro Prime 4 and it suck? I mean, no, yes. No. no. Because Nintendo wouldn't do that. It is like one of their prized possessions, one of their IPs that they absolutely need to uh, take care of. And so Nintendo is probably the one company that when they delay something, you know that it's going to just come out better. You've got and a r- point. And rant. <laughs> and rant. All right. Well, let's move on to something a little bit more damning. It's going to be a first time, uh, the first time in a while I don't complain about something this company has done because I actually think it's rather ingenious. EA has joined forces with Microsoft Game Pass. And now, coming soon to a Game Pass near you, EA Access will also be included. Well done, Microsoft. Well done. Yeah. This, this was a giving huge you a, a small... The, yeah, if you're Wait, quiet, just you choke out your competitor. Oh, yeah. Well, the thing is, is you can get EA Access, or I guess it's called EA Play now, right? Um, on PC and on PlayStation. 
But with this change, um, because it's being part of Game Pass Ultimate, you're going to have all of these games on PC as well, which is massive. What is it? They have like 60 games in their library? I, th- I thought I read 86. Over, over 60 games, yeah. So something like that. So still, like... Now, my big concern, though, Game Pass already has like over 100 games in there. Is this just going to increase the library? Is Game Pass, is Microsoft going to say, you know what, our Game Pass library, we're not going to adjust the number of games in there so that Game Pass Ultimate remains roughly the same number of games? Or is it just going to, are they just going to take all of those EA games and add it into it? So say, we'll just say for argument's sakes, Game Pass Ultimate is 100 games always. Now, are they going to have the EA games come in there and it's going to be 180 games plus whatever EA adds to their thing? Or are they going to say, okay, you know what? We're going to cut our Game Pass Ultimate library in half, add those EA games in there so that now it stays roughly the same number of games as before. And are we going to see Game Pass go up in price? I don't think so. Because have you heard of um, Xbox All Access? Yes. So it is coming to Canada. This is something else that Microsoft had announced, and it's it's not exactly related to EA Play, but um, Xbox All Access in the United States was essentially a layaway system for um, an Xbox One. So you could essentially get a line of credit, buy a Xbox for from a set retailer, and you got uh, so many months of Game Pass or Xbox Live at the time, um, plus the console for a monthly payment for two years. So what it is now with the Xbox One is um, 24 bucks a month for 24 months. You get two years of Game Pass Ultimate and an Xbox One. Now they've extended that to the Xbox series. So, and they've also brought it to Canada. This is actually a great deal. If you can't afford to get the Xbox up front and on top of that game pass ultimate, because what is game pass ultimate for a year in Canada? Anything? That's pretty good. Like it's uh, it's like 300, 300 bucks or something like that for game pass ultimate. So, and if you were to do, 24 bucks a month times 24, right? You're getting an Xbox Series X, I think it is, because the price might be different if you much? get if you get the Series S. If you're, you're getting 24 months of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate and the Xbox Series X for 576. That is amazing. Yeah, that's incredible. Right? So th- this is good for people who, you know, don't mind being on that um like essentially you're taking out a loan, right. To pay this off. Um, but Microsoft also supports updated, um, like an upgrade thing. So after 18 months, if, if you had a Xbox one X on the system or an Xbox one S you could upgrade after 18 months to, uh, the new, the new console, you'd have to send your system back or whatever, but it's a cool system, but this is just kind of an indicator that the price of game pass ultimate probably won't go up with adding EA play Um, because if they did that, because they've already made the announcement that this is the price, you know, starting at 24 bucks a month um, for two years of game pass ultimate and a Xbox. So like they're losing money 
right? Now, like, I'm sure you're going to have to pay interest on, you know, the outstanding amount, right? But ultimately, you know, they're, this is a huge discount for the system and Game Pass Ultimate. So I think if they were to increase the price of Game Pass after adding uh, the EA Play Library, uh, they would have held off on the announcement for all access until after after the fact. So, I, this this is the one thing that's still like, I, and it has nothing to do with EA All Access or or not EA like Microsoft All Access and everything else. It's just a, the the rate in which um, Game Pass goes on sale still doesn't make it accessible to all people. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. I wait for it to go on sale because I'm trying to be thrifty. I'd rather get a year for $100 than a year for 160 Because like 60 bucks can go, that's a whole other game. But that's I true. look at it also as like, that's 150 to 60 games now, which is crazy. The other thing I, I kind of am worried about when it comes to EA Play joining is is it going to have its own menu? Like, are you going to click EA Access and then go into its area, or are they just going to be there? I have a feeling the best way that Microsoft, Microsoft isn't stupid. You know, Microsoft has learned a lot over the course of the Xbox One lifespan, right? And I think they've learned a lot with their store. I've noticed that my Xbox has a new um, interface, and it's a lot nicer um, so they're learning. They're constantly growing. I think it would be stupid for them to have a separate um, storefront just for EA Access. Do you have EA Access? Uh, I don't have a current EA Access subscription. I did in the past, but it was one of those things that the game library at the time just wasn't enough for me to subscribe to it. So its interface I find to be fairly poor. Oh, it's terrible. It's super like It just shows you a bunch of games, which is fine. And you see their box art, but then it like the one thing it does tell you is if you own the rights to it or not. So mm. that that's kind of a nice feature to it. Uh, I'm just trying to look for a screenshot to describe it more. Like I only go into it once in a blue moon. Like that's how I got um, Battlefront. That was also how, because I was just, I was so tired of not being able to find it. So I was like, okay. I'm just going to do this. This is the way I'll kind of enjoy Battlefront now. But the other thing is, like, I've used access to get sports game early or sports game early. And I was telling you I was going to cancel my EA access and now I'm mm-hmm. going to still get it. Joke's on me. EA, you got me again. Bastards. <laughs> but, but th- I wouldn't necessarily say this is EA doing. I think maybe EA hasn't had the subscribers that they were hoping for. I think game pass might've taken a big chunk out of that. So maybe this was EA talking with Microsoft and be like, look, like game pass is kind of ruining us on your console. Uh, What can we do to work together so that we can get a chunk of what we have? And the most logical thing was, or solution was for them to put their things together. (laughs) Just put their stuff together, right? And uh, it makes sense, though, right? Because now the options that people have if they want to play EA games is to get Game Pass Ultimate. So people are going to be paying more money 
EA is last year's sports games. Yeah, but people are going to be paying more money, yes, per month or per year. But they're going to be getting a substantially larger selection of games. You're still going to be able to play games uh, before, like a what? What is it? Like a week before launch? Uh, in most cases, but some games limit you to only ten hours of gameplay. Well, they all are a ten-hour um, gameplay demo up to a week before launch. Um, that's how it's always been with EA access. Um, and it might allow for discounts on, cause yeah, you would get discounts on, uh, games in the, the EA vault, right? Yep. So now you're not only going to get discounts on games in that are on game pass, but you're going to continue get to get those discounts on the EA games. So it's actually pretty good it's a pretty good deal like game pass when it first came out i remember we were kind of like oh that's expensive like why would i do that i'll give it a shot and now it's one of those things that i feel like it's almost a necessity for game pass or for xbox owners yeah it's like i'll 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 try it on xbox game pass what you don't have it why well and that's the thing is like and microsoft with doing this and i guarantee that the series uh, S and X are going to come with at least a 14 day trial for game pass ultimate, or at least just game pass. Right. Um, but they've made it so easy for people this generation or the up- upgrade to the next generation, because all people have to do is go into store and buy the Xbox and take that home. And they have their library. They su- get their subscription to game pass. And there you go. All of the next gen games day one are going to be on uh, Game Pass, right? So it's this is smart. Sony is probably trembling because they rely on people buying their consoles and then buying the games for the, the console. That's a lot of purchases all at once, especially with the speculation that um, the PS5 is going to have to beat the Xbox price or at least match it. It's going to have to be, but still like the price at launch. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you paused, but you might've just cut out there for a second, but uh, you you said something really interesting a second ago. And I want to go back to that. You said Sony must be trembling, but I don't think this EA announcement is the reason why they're trembling. David, what happened this week that really got Sony, I think shaken in their boots. Microsoft's been playing a little 4D chess here, and uh, it's Sony's move. And I just, every time we think Sony's pulling away this generation, Microsoft just comes back and they like to tell us that they're not gone yet. Yeah. And I mean, like, both of us have gone on record saying we ordered Xboxes over PlayStations. That's no surprise. We're trying to stay as level-headed and non-biased here. But it's hard to not just applaud what Microsoft just did to the market. Now, there are some people out there being like, oh, it's going to mimic the Wii U. But they've just completely taken over the market. They know exactly what's going to happen in November. They've stopped production on the One X. And and, the One S. And the One S. Everything is going to be Series S and Series X as of November 10th. Try and go out and buy an Xbox One right now. You know, aside from big box retailers like Best Buy and Walmart, you, you know, them. it's it's pretty EB hard has to a lot too. Yeah, because people aren't buying at EB as much. But you know what I mean? Like in a while, though, 
you're not going to be able to find the Xbox one or they're going to be so heavily discounted because they need to move stock. Um, but Microsoft has done, done a big dirty to, to Sony this year. Again. <laughs> and, and I've made this point a few times and I just want to reiterate this. The main reason why I'm getting a Xbox one up, uh, X, sorry, Xbox series at launch over PS five is because Microsoft has made it so easy to transition that system. Like I just said a few minutes ago, I can go into the store, buy that Xbox and get home and I have to not buy anything else. I can play all the games that I have and I can play all the launch titles. So they've made it easy. They've essentially made my decision on which one to get the easiest thing I'm going to do this in November, aside from waking up that day and going to bed that night. (laughs) I think the biggest thing too is you know when the, the console is coming out. That's right, November 10th. You know what it's going to cost. Four ninety or uh, what is it? Two ninety nine Canadian or three ninety nine Canadian so for the, the S? Series S is going to be three seventy nine Canadian, so the same price as the Xbox One S. And the Series X is going to be five ninety nine Canadian. So suck on that, American listeners. We're getting our Xbox One or Series S for 60 bucks less than you guys. Yeah, we somehow won. I I don't know how. Canada won. Canada won. We're number one. We're number one. The the Series S USA. This is the wrong day. Um, The Series S won't have 4K capabilities, which we all presumed, even though it was a, a secret system. It will be all digital, and it's only going to be 500 gigs. So here's the one thing, though, I, I need to point out. It will not play games at native 4K. Just like how the Xbox One S cannot play games at native 4K. Uh, but it will still display games at 4K. It will render them at 1440p and then upscale to 4K, which is fine. Most games do that now, and people, honestly, you don't even notice it. The Xbox One S or X, sorry, this is that's the one thing. The whole naming convention is kind of annoying. The Xbox Series X can play games, or at least what they're saying, they'll be able to play games at native 4K resolution. So that's a big difference. Aside from the the CPU, I think is a slightly slower in the uh, Series S, but still, you're you're paying for that, or I guess you're not paying for it. You're not paying for the the features of the premium console, but you're still getting something that's more powerful than the Xbox one. And that's what's most important. What's most important is we have a release date for one console. Finally, right now, do we start a a bet on when Sony is going to announce the next one or like uh, their price and release date? I say by next show, we know by next week you're saying, huh? Sony September presentation. Yeah, there's a they're doing a presentation in the next few um, weeks. They're announcing an Xperia. Wow, they're bringing back the Xperia on the seventeenth. The phone. Uh, yeah, and that thing was a piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Their next conference, they're going to have to release the the price. You know, they were probably sitting there in their offices being like, guys, we're going to we're going to show off some 
some cyberpunk. <laughs> we finally got some like Call of Duty stuff because this is our last year of the exclusive Call of Duty agreement we have. Cool. And uh, we're just going to show off some more like third-party games and a lot of pre-rendered footage. Uh, guys, uh, Microsoft just, they just dropped the prices of not one, but two consoles. You know what's funny though? The only available. So who was it? It was, was it Pringles we were talking about? No, it was, what was it? It was Ubisoft. Pringles. Yeah, Pringles had posted a kind of a leak of they have like some competition or contest where you could win an Xbox Series S. Oh yeah, <laughs> they kind of leaked it, and then the everyone was like, "Oh my god!" Like Pringles says, like the price of the system is going to be this, blah blah. blah. And people were like, "Oh no, it's just a placeholder." Blah 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 blah. You know how it goes. But uh, then at three a.m., three a.m. was it Eastern Standard Time or? Yeah, it was like in the middle of the night. Uh, Microsoft's official Twitter posted the uh, promo picture and the price of the Xbox Series S. And everyone's like, oh my God, they announced this at 3 a.m. while everyone's sleeping. Can you imagine how crazy some people were that morning when they wake up, open up their Twitter feed, and then see a tweet from Microsoft? And then the next day, the next day they... uh, posted the price of the xbox series x it's it's it was a good reveal i'd say it's a it's a good one this year and did you see actually uh walmart's response no i haven't seen anything yet you know how walmart has in the past um leaked a lot of games and stuff like that because they're terrible terrible people they're stupid so walmart's response was like oh (laughs) looks like we didn't ruin this one this time or something something stupid like that but it was just funny because it's always very wholesome when you know companies acknowledge that they fucked up and then they kind of make a joke of out of real life situations like this but no it's uh, an interesting way to do it and i think all eyes are on sony now to release the price uh, and release. there might have been a leak out of japan last night for the ps5 just clicking around really quickly translated shows the ps5 controller ps5 headphones and chargers are all supposed to ship on november 20th you remember what i said a few weeks ago and i said it to you yesterday too cyberpunk moved for one of the two consoles which console is it did it move for and we joked around in hopes that like cyberpunk moved for the the microsoft launch I was like, oh, maybe they have something exclusive. But doesn't Sony and Cyberpunk have something exclusive? I don't know. I don't um, remember. I don't think it. Sony exclusive. I feel like they had like some sort of um, DLC. Probably. That's what Sony does. I wonder if Spider-Man's in it. I'm still not over it. Um, no, it doesn't say anything. But like, I remember, like, I've been adamant. I've been beating that drum that like the 19th was such a weird date to move to. Right. Hmm. 
Other leaks have mentioned that November 20th would be the release date of the PS5. This might just be a coincidence again. However, Sony has offered a, uh, has never launched a, or offered a clear launch window for the PS5 other than the elusive holiday 2020. They don't want to delay one more week because then that'll be the North American Black Friday holiday. This would not be a successful launch move for Sony. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine being like, <laughs> fuck everybody, launching at Black Friday and just screwing up an entire store? Like you'd, you'd cripple things with yeah. a launch like that. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, do you know how many people are running in there to get like NBA 2K for $19 and they are going to have to wait in a massive line because the PS5 launched? No. Well, there there is also some rumors that the uh, PS5 is going to launch on the 20th. Of uh, November. Yeah, but nine, uh, 14th in Japan. Which, these are also just rumors, some grains of salt. We have no actual confirmation of any price, but um, my guess is that Sony was going to sell the PS5, the the regular edition with the disk drive, at... Uh, 599 US. But I think with Microsoft, you know, drawing first blood here, they have to adjust their price and sell it at least at the same price as the Series X. Because if they sell their digital version for more than the um, Series S, the, the PS5 is just based off specifications. The PS5 is a weaker console out of the two. Yes. So if they are selling their digital version for more than the Series S, you're actually paying more for a lower capable or lesser capable console. And the the sad thing is though is like there's people that are th- there's still this whole like fanboy hardcore um, gamer that will only ever support one system over the other. So these people are kind of getting taken advantage of because Sony knows that people will pay whatever they price they set for their system. Uh, whereas if you look at what Microsoft is doing, it f- really feels like they are pricing it at an accessible point for people to get into it for the first time or to upgrade at one point. And I think down the road, we're going to see a lot of promos, maybe from EB Games, because uh, they tend to do this a lot, where they will have a trade in. Trade in your Xbox Series S and get the Xbox One or sorry, Xbox Series X for, you know, X amount of dollars. Which will still be $399 because, of course. Right, but at the same time, it's like it's a lower, you know, it'll it'll appeal to the people that, you know, kind of got their feet wet with the digital version and, you know, want to play the games now in full 4K with kind of like the bigger internal hard drive, all that, all that jazz, better graphics capabilities, faster hardware, stuff like that. And it'll be an easier way for them to kind of upgrade, you know. That's how I got a lot of my Xbox consoles, right? That's how I got my One S. The only Xbox that I bought outright um, at launch 
was the one X because I had the Scorpio edition. Ooh, Scorpion. Yeah, it's beautiful. Just quickly um, to to kind of tidy things up with a nice little bow. We want to know if you guys are excited about the launch. We think it's kind of cool that it's like we finally have information, which is great. Um, I do find it interesting that EB will be the only people carrying Xbox All Access as well. Hmm, because it is available uh, in, as I think, Best Buy and Amazon in the United States. They are partners with it. So maybe it will expand to other retailers in Canada. But for now, it's just EB Games. That pre-order window starts on the 22nd of September. Some stores, like smaller stores, are taking pre-orders now to try and drum up some business. But the big guys are as of the 22nd, which is kind of odd. But I get it. Which also begs the last question for Sony. Is are you going to have an announcement and a pre-order window within the next 11 days? That's your timeline. Mm -hmm. Because if you do not have an announcement, people, and like I, I see a lot of posts on Reddit, which are the same things. And like, I'm the same way. I like to save up for my consoles, like $50 a paycheck or whatever you got to do to, to prepare yourself for that console to drop. Right. When you look at this timeline right now and you go, today's the 11th, I have 11 days to come up with, I think if I'm going off EB standards, it's like 50 to a hundred dollars. It's 20% of the console, right? You I have think, to put down. I think, um, unless they've changed it, I think pre-orders for consoles was only ever $50. Okay. So we'll say it's 50 bucks, but then you still owe 600, uh, $610 remaining or 20, sorry, 620. It's a lot of money now or November. That's a lot of money. If you break that up between the 22nd of September and October, that's only a month. You have 45 days before the console comes out. You've got to come up with 600 bucks. Okay. Especially we're in pandemic times where a lot of people aren't working as much as they were. A lot of people were out of work for a few months, right? So this is a, a big year financially for a lot of people. You're going to see the trade boom happen. There's going to be a lot of traded stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's why I I feel sorry for people who work in game stores that do trades because there's going to be a huge, huge demand for this these new systems and people are going to bring in their old systems and trade them. Um, at least with EB Games, you know, when you trade in a console, all they really do is check that it turns on they don't even actually test it because they either just get repackaged as is or they send them away and people, they have a area office or whatever that kind of checks them and cleans them. If that, um, but yeah, this, this year will be really interesting. It'll be interesting to see the launch uh, numbers, but I do want to put a word of, caution out there for people who are looking to pre-order from smaller stores that are taking pre-orders now before their official pre-order start date. There is no guarantee that stores will get the amount of systems 
that they have for pre-orders right now. Um, so I know that some stores are taking pre-orders by either taking names down or or actually having people put money down. So it's just something that you have to be careful of because I know that there's this, when people pre-order stuff, there's this idea that, you know, I put money down, I am supposed to get this system or this game, right? So it's just, you have to be careful when you are pre-ordering from a small game store that has, you know, is taking pre-orders for, you know, before they are officially available because there's no guarantee that they might um, get those games. And I know some stores have done that to try and, like you said, get that business, draw customers in, because if that's the only store that's taking pre-orders, you know, people are going to go to that store knowing that, oh, you know what? I can't pre-order from Best Buy right now. So I'm going to go to this game store down the street because they're taking pre-orders and you're going to go into that store, give them your 50 bucks or hundred bucks or whatever you want to put down on it. And then walk out thinking that you've guaranteed yourself a console, but there's no guarantee that that game store is going to get the number of consoles that they have pre-ordered until those pre-orders open up and they can say like, okay, I need these. Can I get them? That's just my two cents on that. No, and I think it's a very good piece of advice. Um, even when we were walking around yesterday and talking to people, like they're getting a lot of requests. Still two or, two or three to one for the PlayStation. And we could see like Sony's final trick in this charade be, well, you know what, Microsoft, you're going to have the most expensive and the cheapest console because we're going to come in at $499. i am very doubtful that they do that. Very, very doubtful. But Sony has never been one company to surprise out of pure pettiness what they're going to do with their pricing. And if they think they're going to make their money by going, if we reduce it by $100, we have to sell a million more devices to break even, they'll do it. Now, I wonder if this might be like the PlayStation 3, where they sold the PS3 at a significant loss for a few years until they could do some hardware revisions to the point where they could actually sell the system at a profit. It'll be interesting to see how things go. If Sony was smart, they would stop making oversized consoles. Just saying. Yeah. Now my big question that I'm waiting for is from Microsoft. I want to know what the price point for their external uh, NVMe SSD is. That's like kind of the, their external storage. Now you can use um, external hard drives and stuff like that, but f- to have the same loading times as the internal storage, you will need to buy their proprietary memory SSD chip thing or whatever it is. Um, and seeing how prices of SSD drives, M2s, and even like the 3.5 inch like SATA drives. They've dropped significantly over the last few years, but this is like some. I feel like this is a very new technology in the sense of the format and the size and all that stuff. So it'll be interesting to see what Microsoft is uh, selling that for. My guess is a million dollars. That's a terrible guess. But what I would honestly say to you is like, don't worry about it. Just put your older Xbox games that you don't care about the load times on your external and anything you want to launch off that fresh new terabyte of data, um, um, 
storage do there like the games that you're going to play all the time like in my case the games i'll probably have installed come launch are going to be cyberpunk watchdogs which i can't believe i'm saying nhl and call of duty yeah well you'll be able to install that'll be my hard drive right there you'll be able to install call of duty and you might have to put one of those other games on the uh other system can you imagine how let's take bets on how big call of duty is going to be on the next it won't be more like it won't be more than a hundred, like the like the current game is. Oh man, the new one's like a hundred and eighty gigs. Like like, like uh, Cold War. No, um, like Warzone and I don't and think Modern it's hundred eighty. Yeah, man. I looked at it the other day. I'll, I'll I'll send you a picture. Um, but we should probably wrap because we are well over time. I don't know how to wrap. Well. You take the, the the present and you put it inside the paper and then you flip it over. No. Um, guys, as always, if you like what you're listening to, please subscribe. That helps us grow. Um, it helps us bring you guys more content and it helps pay for our addictions of buying random games and bringing you guys content that you like to hear, um, including some maybe special content coming out around the Xbox launch. Just saying. Yeah, we're going to have um, a sleepover. Ooh. Um, <laughs> but if you like what you're listening to, please subscribe to us, of course. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and a dot ca com near you soon. Yeah, that was a weird way of saying that. We got a website coming soon, people. What? <laughs> yeah, big surprise. But no, we have some huge plans for the the remainder of the year. And we are super excited to be able to share that with all all of our listeners and yeah, we're super excited for that in the next few weeks. Hopefully we'll have some more info for that, but like Sean said, in the meantime, like, and subscribe to our stuff, check us out on Instagram. And we want to know what you guys think of the, uh, Xbox series announcements that just happened and EA play joining game pass. And we want to know what you're thinking about the PlayStation five, what Sony's going to do. And uh, which ones are you going to be getting with all of this new information? Yes. And are you going to get the modem looking Xbox or the speaker looking Xbox? Either way, we want to know. All right. Well, that's it for us. Take care, guys. Peace. Follow the guys on Instagram at Xenon Screen 